You changed your Skype avatar. I did. I'm looking at a black and white photo of a very handsome young man with a banjo. Oh, Cameron, Cameron, did you get one of them Nazi haircuts? No. It's a little bit longer on top, but it's not that much shorter on the sides. Okay. It looks a little, little bit Nazi. Well, a little bit hit Hitler Youth in this photo. Maybe it's... Well, go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Do you see what I mean, though? It's not like I'm fucking Macklemore. <laughs> it it's it's a buzzer, but it's it's got to be like the you know a four or something. It's like the the longest setting on the buzzer. Okay, four four nothing. I got I got I, I go up to like youth. seven at least. Anyway. I'm an I'm an old grumpy old man, and I don't so, don't the, like and the, the wounds of World War II are still fresh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't like seeing the Hitler Youth haircuts on the youths of today, especially because people like Richard Spencer actually do have these haircuts. I do not have a fucking Richard Spencer <laughs> <laughs> haircut in my in my in my uh, my banjo headshot. I, I mean. I'm just saying you're you're you got some awfully suspicious uh hand gestures going on in this photo that are, are ostensibly to play banjo, but I know what they really mean. And plus it's a black and white photo, and we all understand the symbolism of that. Race war. Uh, okay. <laughs> How's it going? You got, your your computer is back up and running. Well, yeah, apparently. There's this thing that can happen with uh, Windows 10. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> where, I like where this a, is going. Yeah, where where a user account will just die. What? So something in the... That's what I hope it is, is just that something in the registry just got fucked up. And apparently this can happen... I don't know if this is what happened to me, but apparently it can happen when you, like, are running on startup certain certain malware... Or virus protection, mm-hmm. it can just like die. It just trips on itself and then lands on a spike, <laughs> and it's, now it's dead. Oh, so it's Fortune- like the, like the Microsoft version of corporate death penalty. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, um, my admin account is fine, and I was able to like create a new account. I thought that like my uh, pirating days had. <laughs> Oh, it finally caught up with you? (laughs) Yeah, because that happened a while ago, something else. And uh, I thought, I was like, oh, man, was there something, you know, just hanging out that all this time was just waiting to strike. And now I just have a guilty conscience. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. So. I be having a guilty conscience for all my raping and pillaging. Yarr. (laughs) (laughs) It, look, it looks like you're trying to pirate a DVD. Would you like some help with that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Clip, you don't right. tell anyone or I'll fucking straighten you out. <laughs> oh, God. Welcome to Think Outside the Box Set. It's a podcast where we listen to an artist's back catalog and try to develop an appreciation for it. I'm Cameron DeWitt. And I'm your host. Nathan 
Dunt, you're <laughs> my <sidekick>. permanent guest. <laughs> Sidecar. That's my favorite my radio permanent guest. <laughs> permanent guest. Nathan Hunt. <laughs> Um, uh, we're talking about Alanis Morissette. We yeah. finished Garth and ICP, and by finished, I mean we listened to all their music and then killed them, and we then killed them. them. Street Fighter style, dark duty. <laughs> I had some dark duties earlier tonight. Close the. Tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have a little Stupid. bit of a stomach flu or something. <laughs> uh, I derailed you. Hey, I like I doing you that. So much. <laughs> <laughs> it's the the ultimate low hanging fruit. <laughs> the lowest fruit can go, right in the toilet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So okay. uh, Alanis Morissette isn't she? Isn't she so dumb for for writing these songs and trying to be smart? And let's all shit on her for it. What? <laughs> That's what we're here to do. <laughs> what? That's what like Alana, like um, ironic. This is like the song that I think is responsible for uh, a lot of people thinking that she's stupid or well, something. Pump the brakes and pop the stack a little bit. Let's talk about where we are talking about Alanis. And today yeah. we get to talk about. Jagged Little Pill, her 1995 most successful album, which has yeah. become her image for most people, I'd say, and sold 33 million copies worldwide. Yes. So, sold so she's this is this album outsold Garth's biggest selling album. Yep. Which is crazy. Yeah, I don't I don't know where she goes from here. I know that this is like her big deal album. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think um, this album, well, really, I think just the reason we cho- choose the artists that we choose mm-hmm. is, and this may change over time, you know, but is we want someone who we are totally unfamiliar with and just have some preconceptions about. Mm-hmm. And we want someone who um, is more or less outside our in our sphere of influence i feel like alanis morissette yeah (laughs) alanis morissette is more people that we know have listened to alanis morissette than um icp or garth i think yeah you are totally on my wavelength because i was gonna bring this up too you know i i I was thinking about trying to explain the show to somebody who hadn't you know wasn't a listener or something just trying to say like what is this podcast about and just say things like we listen to artists that are sort of neglected or lots of people haven't listened to but lots of people have listened to alanis and um i think we explicitly stated in our rules in our uh, saw style games several (laughs) episodes back um that we can listen to artists where there's only one album that people know really or they're like famous for one thing and then the rest of the stuff is just like totally ignored by most people. Yeah. And I, I think that's that's uh that's totally where Alanis is, where to most people she is the song ironic and basically nothing else. Right. And I was I was looking at uh so spoiler alert, ironic's on this album for those of you who don't know. And ironic is supposedly this song that includes no actual irony in it. Um, uh, are we going to talk about that? Do we have I, to? See, he, here's what I here's what I want us to do. I don't want us All to rehash really whether <laughs> I do not. I'm not interested in us rehashing 
I'm not interested in us mansplaining what irony is for like a fucking half hour when we get to the song ironic. Well, but, let me throw out all my notes then. Okay. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Could, I absolutely okay. do not want to talk about that okay, for even great. one second. <laughs> I, I'm very glad that you feel the same way. And I think that I had absorbed a little bit of this critique of Alanis through just the culture, you know, Mm -hmm. these college humor videos or in parodies and jokes. And I listened to this album and I listened to that song for the first time. I like this album. I think it's, I think it's really fucking fun. There's some silly stuff in it, but Mm -hmm. I don't think that she cares. I don't really care. I really enjoyed it. And I'm really relieved and surprised to say that like, it was really fun, and uh, I I think she's great. <laughs> yeah, this is a really fucking good album, dude. Like, yeah, it's, it's really good. <laughs> it's a quantum leap forward in songwriting and maturity of songwriting. I mean, yeah, totally. you, can, you can pick some nits here or there, and I'm sure I will because I am a perfectionist, and... Uh, but overall, a lot of this is just like really, really solid, especially for a person who's 20 years old while making yeah. it. I mean, Jesus Christ, like the stuff I wrote at 20 years old was so, so bad. <laughs> and she wrote all the lyrics of this album. So yeah. bravo, Alanis. Yeah, it's great. And the stuff that is less than great, I really don't think she's that self-important when listening to this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's possible that she's she inspired a a generation of self-important songwriters who try to mimic her like feisty attitude mm-hmm. and sound like shitheads. But uh, I don't think she I think she earns it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I kind of wonder if like, I don't know, there's sort of a nebulous idea of Alanis in popular culture that sort of has glommed on to Cheryl Crow or just like a bunch of these other female singers that are sort of end up being thought of as essentially the same person. If you haven't really, you know, done a deep dive on any of these people. Yeah. It feels, it feels good to like, know. now I know, I feel like I solved a mystery in my life about, <laughs> I mean, we'll see what happens in the coming albums. Maybe it's a total shit show. I have no have idea. Away for it with it too. If it weren't for you <laughs> meddling podcasts. Yeah. But yeah, I really like this album. I had a, I kept expecting to like for it to turn around. Maybe that's just like ICP wounds so (laughs) fresh, you know, but like, uh, no, I, I basically liked it the whole time Yeah, and I enjoyed it musically. Yeah. Except Um, for her fucking harmonica playing. Yeah. (laughs) Shows up at least, at least three times. You can pick. (laughs) Yeah. It does exactly three times. That's how it's credited on the album. And it's pretty pointless. Um, It's, yeah, I don't know. It's, Other than that, though, is great. Yeah, um, I I recognized a lot more songs from this album than I thought I would, and I don't know about you, but I think my hometown radio station played a lot of these songs and potentially more than were released as singles. Now I wasn't I wasn't listening to radio. Uh, I was only listening to Christian radio at in 1995 <laughs> <laughs> in well, Sandy Patty CDs. Listening to. <laughs> the radio in 1995 necessarily but uh let's just say that like i I don't uh, think i've heard any of these songs all the way through really well let's just say that like rock stations in the pacific northwest have a long memory and are still playing like (laughs) nirvana and pearl jam and atlantis and all that stuff from the early 90s 
Um, it's also a lot grungier than I remembered it being. Mm. I, I, for some reason, I sort of like remembered Alanis as like a woman with a, an acoustic guitar or something. Right. But this is like some Butch Vig style grunge pop in the production. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Flea there's, and there's Dave a... Navarro show up for one song. Which one? Uh, fuck. It's, um, you can bring it up when you remember. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's you ought to know. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Flea's playing bass on that one. There's, there's also some kind of hints to her, her pop past. There's some, there are some times when I couldn't tell if it was a drum machine or yes. if it was a live set that was emulating a drum machine kind of beat or sound. Yeah, I felt um, that way also about the bass, too. I was like, is this a synth bass or is it just a super right. processed ba- bass guitar? And then, and then it, you know, in a lot of these songs, it'll start that way and then it'll just kick into the chorus and it'll key change and it'll like get super hard and she'll just like start screaming and it's like, hell yeah, this yeah. is great. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Did you know, I was reading a little bit about this, uh, that they really went for the raw sound on her vocals because all of her singing on this album was recorded in one or two takes while they were doing oh the demos. Yeah. So they like redid, you know, vocal harmonies and background vocals and they redid the instruments and stuff. But those are the original demo vocals. Are you saying she was doing like her, her like scratch track and then she just kept it? I think she, well she she went over to like Glenn Ballard's like home studio and oh. he made some demos of his like key, Casio keyboard or something it was like bleep bloop bleep bloop blonk plonk plonk and she like sang along to that and then they redid the instrumentation but kept the demo vocals. That's awesome. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That's yeah. so cool. I am really curious about the shadow that this album casts over Alanis, knowing that mm. this is like one of the best-selling albums of all time, thirty-three million is so many. Does does she resent this album? The, does she resent that it's her greatest success and has become Alanis in most people's eyes? I mean, the next the I, next album sold two point six million copies in the U.S. Mm. versus fifteen million that Jagged Little Pill sold in wow. the U.S. Yeah, that's crazy. Yep. Yeah, we we're we're about to go on this journey with you, Alanis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got you. Yeah. Um, did you listen to the acoustic version at all? No. Is it good? Nope. <laughs> all right. It was it was made in 2005 for part of like it was sold through Starbucks or something, and there was a collector's edition. <laughs> and uh, it's I I think okay, it wasn't very good and. A lot of the reason was that it was a lot of it was slower mm. than it just like was slower and more boring than the rest of this. Um, but I think it also points towards maybe the Alanis that will be coming down the pike, uh, the hashtag Zen Alanis. Right. Um, See, I I feel like this album is right at the intersection of like form and substance. Like, I feel like. I can't imagine this album being performed in a different way by mm-hmm. like a different Alanis. Yeah. Like it seems like the words are earned by her performance, by her candidness. Right. And, um, and by the production, mm-hmm. I, 
the idea of listening to her doing an acoustic version sounds really bad to me. Yeah, <laughs> like, it wasn't good. I mean, yeah, <laughs> some of them were like kind of fun and had some interesting instrumentation, like non-Western instruments. Uh, like the first song, I think, came out pretty well, but I, I just got really bored because it was just slower mm. and less passionate and less raw in the vocals. Interesting. Um, in fact, in fact, uh, John f- from Beyond the Box Set, our pal from the Box Set Iverse, <laughs> r- was writing in to, to talk about Alanis because Alanis is one of his favorite artists, and he wrote me an email talking about how it was interesting that you thought of her as this sort of Zen person. And it's the polar opposite of the angry young woman label that she was stuck with in the nineties. Mm. Um, but he does see that sort of like hashtag Zen persona coming right. through her more recent work. Hashtag Zen. That's pretty, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's, that's how, that's how I sort of think of probably, well, maybe this is unfounded cause I haven't listened to her podcast or anything, but like, a wellness. I did. Podcast. I did listen. You did. You did. I did listen to oh, it. Oh, yeah. Tell me about it. Tell me. Is it hashtag? Okay. Zen? So here's. I listened to half of the first episode. Okay. Sounds like you're and the expert. <laughs> it was pretty boring to me, but it wasn't. I don't think it was bad. I mean, like, yeah. I have an interview podcast, and I can only imagine. That it is insufferable to most people who, <laughs> you know, for for every person who thinks it's the greatest thing in the world, get mm-hmm. up in the cool, my old time podcast, when we're just nice like talking, there. talking old, yeah, <laughs> available wherever podcasts are found. Um, I can only imagine it's just like it's totally boring uh, to people who don't care about the music. Uh, and it probably all sounds the same, just like all the tunes probably sound the same to them. Um, mm-hmm. But I can imagine how this anyway, this is Alanis's first episode. She interviews her former therapist. Whoa. Um, okay. So her former therapist, um, they, you know, were together for an amount of years and then she stopped seeing her and she was like, yo, we should be friends. And then I guess her therapist consented to that. And now they're buddies. That um, is in. That's an interesting dynamic. Yeah. It's interesting on paper, but it wasn't very interesting to listen to because (laughs) for me, for me, it wasn't interesting because they basically talked in like abstract terms about psychology and relationship health Mm -hmm. and boundary setting and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, maybe this is useful for somebody who's, I don't know, probably it's probably super useful, but there weren't it. It wasn't any like storytelling and there wasn't any like vulnerability in it. It was just sort of talking about like, yeah, in order to be healthy, you need to set these boundaries. And like um, uh, they they used a bunch of words that were immediately forgettable, but sounded like they were jargon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um they probably said actualization a bunch, you know, or something. Uh, okay. I don't know. Uh, it was Not fine. Well. I don't know. I got bored. I stopped listening, but okay. there wasn't there wasn't anything funny about it. Mm. Sounds hilarious. Uh, I might I might check in for another couple episodes. See okay. if I mean, you know, it's an interview show. Maybe everyone's a little different. Maybe not everyone on the show is her former therapist. Yeah. I, I suppose I a hard former time. therapist. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Supposed former therapist junkie. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I just hope that she doesn't get into like anti-vaxxer stuff or something. Cause I would lose a lot of respect for her. <laughs> if she did. 
I, I'm always just like a little bit suspicious about people who are like wellness and holistic. And I'm just like, mm, I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt, but I just, for, I for really whatever hope. it's worth mm-hmm. you in the last episode, you um, read a quote from her and you were like, wow, she sounds like really eloquent. Is this like a actual transcription of an interview? Like no. a spoken oh, no, interview? No. I wasn't saying that, that she was eloquent. I was saying like the, the paragraph I was reading was kind of rough and choppy and w- would be a very strange way to write if you were writing. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Because it def- the it read like something that was just off the cuff that was transcribed. It see see. I thought you were saying like, wow, did she really just say this? Like, oh I no, no, were, no, I thought you were kind of saying the opposite. <laughs> no, I think I think she's really well spoken and uh, it makes a lot more sense than uh, our 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 previous subjects well, <laughs> victims. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, after listening to the podcast, I was like, yeah, she's, she's a smart lady. She knows who she's talking about. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's how I felt. I mean, I don't know if she's into... You can't tell. You can kind of tell if someone is an anti-vaxxer by the way they talk, but I couldn't tell. Mm, eh, sometimes, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Should we talk about songs? I guess so. Let's see. Do I have any other mm-hmm. general thoughts? Oh, oh, before we get into that, did you watch any of the music videos? No, I did see that there was an ironic video. It was a video for the song Ironic. It was not an ironic yes. video, which okay. isn't that really <laughs> ironic. Isn't that the true mm. irony? I, I tried to watch a few of the videos. They're not very interesting or good. Like the rockier songs, like All I Really Want and You Ought to Know are just sort of typical 90s rock nonsense videos. Lots of yeah. quick cuts and oversaturated colors and low mm. frame rate slow-mo and angsty close-ups. Is Matt LeBlanc in any of them? I <laughs> That's don't all I really want to know. know. <laughs> That's all you really want? Is Matt LeBlanc? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the one for one hand in my pocket is actually pretty good. Alanis is leading a parade in black and white. Um, that sounds fun. It is pretty fun. Yeah, I liked it. I dug it. Um, and the person who uploaded it to YouTube had this to say, Alanis Morissette, hand in my pocket. I like this. So what? <laughs> Fight me. Yeah. <laughs> Cash me outside. Don't at me. Uh, yeah. And the ironic one is just like, you know, kind of weird where there's four Alanises in a car singing ooh. at each other or something. It's just like every time you, it's like a clown car full of Alanises. It's just like every time you think there's no more, there's like, oh, there's another one. Ah, and she's wearing a yellow sweater. Whoa. She snuck that's, up, stuck up on me. I don't know why you're saying that's not interesting. That sounds very interesting. Uh, well, it's not a very interesting in execution. Anyway, let's talk about the first song. It's called All I Really Want. So there are a few songs that I don't really know how to synopsize. Um, and this is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the general g- gist of it, I think, is that 
seems like Alanis doesn't fit in and she doesn't really want to, but she does wish that others were more similar to her. <laughs> mm. um, that's all I really got from this. It seems to go in a lot of directions, but the general vibe is like, um, I'm different and I don't want to play your game, but I do wish that that more people were on my side. Mm-hmm. Is that what do you think? Yeah. Is that what the song is about? I think I think so. What I wouldn't give to find a soulmate, someone else to catch this drift, and what yeah. I wouldn't give to meet a kindred at a kindred. I don't know. I don't know if that's how you spirit use that word at <laughs> a kindred. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think she just really wants like a, a connection with people. Ow, 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 that is the ah. weirdest. <laughs> decision for transcription uh, yeah. on the, if you go on the genius it literally says and what i wouldn't give to meet a kindred uh ow 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 ah, ah. Uh, which i mean i guess is sort of the syllables that she sings but it's very strange to just transcribe it like that um do i stress you out my sweater's on backwards and inside out. And you say, how appropriate. Yeah, there's a little <laughs> bit of like almost manic pixie dream girl to that, I think. A little bit. Yeah, but, but I think she kind of earns it. That's I think that's the most she goes in that direction in this oh, album. totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it made me cringe a little bit. But yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, is Alanis responsible for this trend that no one's ever quite able to you know can no one ever quite replicate it so that she, they have these like gross versions of her or something you mm-hmm. know what i mean yeah um yeah did did she in, invent many manic pixie dream girl no i don't no, think so no, but like no, no. i think that uh sometimes people are charmed by songs for the wrong reasons <laughs> yes <laughs> which is not necessarily to say that this i i just this is just a really fucking great song man like i it just yeah. hits like all of my 90s alternative rock buttons like the parts of me that unapologetically love nirvana and early pearl jam and rem's monster and like all that all that music that i sort of grew up listening to there is something about the the chords um and the and the way that these songs are mixed just the way these songs are written that it feels like every song kind of feels like teenage wasteland or something Mm. like it has this sort of to me kind of like you mean baba o'reilly uh by the who is that the name of the song yes oh well fine it's it (laughs) i mean it was was on limewire and napster as teenage wasteland for (laughs) okay They all sound like that or like um, Bittersweet Symphony or like they have a kind of a similar feeling as those songs. Mm -hmm. Um, The sort of like. Yeah, and this kind of they have this nostalgic sound to me. I don't know if they would to other people. Yeah, but um, yeah, 
it's it's pretty fun. There was a lot of uh, borrowed chords, which if I can camp explain some music theory for a second. Oh, please. Um, is when, uh, so you have a certain set of chords if you're in like a, a certain key. So if you're in a major key, you have, there's seven notes in the scale. You have a chord for each scale. Uh, note. A chord for each note in the scale. But then you can borrow chords from the parallel minor. So if you're in C major, you could borrow the C minor chords and a lot of like 90s and early aughts like rock is all about these borrowed chords. Uh, You hear it a lot in this album. You hear it a lot in like Nirvana Mm -hmm. um, and like you hear it in Foo Fighters um, and yeah, it has this like really upbeat sound because a lot of the borrowed chords are major chords but they're in the minor tonality and it's it's like a fun it's a it's a fun um sort of emotional kind of aggressive and energetic feel and yeah i like that about yeah. this album you know what i don't like about the music of this Har- song harmonica well <laughs> it's not even that that bothers me so much it's just like the bridge feels really shoehorned in and is super boring and I cringe yeah, every I didn't time like it that happens. Very well. So here's a snippet of it. This nice long harmonica notes. It doesn't help that the lyrics are not very good in the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the I I am not a fan of the perfunctory bridge. Yeah, um, there's a couple I feel of like them on this you, album. If you're really gonna introduce a new melody two and a half minutes into the song and play it once, it's better. It better be fucking good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and if you're gonna put some words there, like you gotta earn it. Totally. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I feel like most bridges fall short. Let's burn those bridges. Burn them. All right. Well, this song is is great, and I love it. Uh, let's go on to the. It's probably it's probably among my least favorite, and I still liked it really well. Oh, this this is my favorite on the album. I think. I just like love the melodies, and it's so early nineties rock. Oh, and in the in the chorus, there's some great like she's singing in like chipmunk registers in the harmonies. Oh um, yeah, she's way up high, and it's and it sounds great. It sounds, <laughs> sounds super so cool. cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All, All right. right. Next song is called "You Ought to Know," a very famous song. Okay, so did you notice in that snippet I just played the way that she pronounces the word speak your name? No. Listen to it again. She totally says speak her name. Speak her name. Every time you speak her name, Sean Connery. She definitely says speak. Which is very strange. I want you to know that I am happy for you. <laughs> You're the man now, Alanis. 
Yeah. Uh, so how do you synopsize such a famous song? Uh, I mean, yeah, most people have heard this a lot. I think this is their biggest single ever. And it's a kiss-off song. It's basically post-breakup, like, go fuck yourself. Blame it all on her roots. She showed up in boots. She really did. Um, And it's probably about Dave Coulier, although that is disputed. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, On my favorite... I don't know if I've said this on the show yet, but on my favorite podcast... One of my favorite podcasts, The Weekly Planet... Um, which is a uh, comic book movie <laughs> podcast for these two dudes in Australia. Huh. They have a segment uh, called Dave Crulier where they uh, <laughs> where they they find uh, listener stories about running into Dave Coulier in the wild and how mean he is. Oh, is he really mean? <laughs> Apparently, he's a big fat jerk. <laughs> so they have this segment, Dave Crulier. Dave, you know, you been did. Like, yeah, you know, what you did. Come on, Dave. Why can't you be so, nice? In this song, it seems like she's actually physically, like, busting in on them. Is that what's going on? Mm, I think at some point, And I'm here to remind you. I'm here in your living room. I hate to bug you in the middle of dinner, but it was a slap in the face how quickly I was replaced. Yeah. Are you thinking of me when you fuck her? I think... I read something about like the explicitness of this album and especially this song is like a big reason like why it was so popular is people are really, really horny for those cusses. People love them cusses. Yeah. Uh, Well, in fact, I got really curious when she swears that cuss and I was like, what did they do? This song got massive radio play. And I looked up the official video and they just like, they do that thing where they don't hit the like beep tone. They just like delete a bunch of the audio waveform. Are you thinking of me when you, her? See, that's, that's the best way to do it. Cause then it's like, you fill in the blank. Yeah. You know, (laughs) it's not like I was driving around town with the girl I love and I'm like, you, (laughs) that's what that song should have been like. Yeah. You know what goes in that blank. Are you thinking of me yeah. when you shit her? When you damn her? One of those one of those curse words. When you ass her. <laughs> when you boobs her. Yeah, this is the one that uh, Flea and Dave Navarro are playing on. Flea, oh, Flea's on this too? Yeah, if you listen to the bass, That's it's not great. very good. <laughs> Like I didn't wasn't very particularly impressed. Um, hey, c- can I s- huh? can I steal uh, the genius segment for a minute? Because there's sure. a funny genius annotation yeah, in here. Go for it. There's a lot of genius annotations on this album. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So this person is talking about the line, and are you thinking of me when you fuck her? Um. And. <laughs> She answers a question she obviously knows the answer to. When her ex fucks his new woman, he is not thinking of her. Alanis was replaced, and presumably, she thinks her ex most wanted sex out of her. And if he doesn't think about her in that, all caps, context, then he, all caps, really doesn't give a fuck about Alanis. In contrast, this is the best part, if Alanis, at that moment, were to go out to, and in, in quotation, catch a D... <laughs> <laughs> she presumably would be thinking a lot about her ex. <laughs> That's so weird. I think I did read that. It's, Who's tossing D's? Uh, I got my mitt. 
just want to catch, catch it. Yeah. Um, here's an interesting long. trivia. Okay, very good. Play ball. Yeah. Here's an interesting piece of trivia. At the time that Dave Navarro played on this song, he was in the Red Hot Chili Peppers with Flea. Oh, is that... Is that before Frusciante or in one of the Frusciante breaks? Uh, oof. Good question. It, it, yeah, it is in the Frusciante break. Ah. Uh, Frusciante had some problems. Mm, I see. <laughs> I yeah. don't really care about them that much anymore. <laughs> you used to be way into but them. I did, yeah. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Well, I was really into Rush, probably around a similar age. I mean, I think they're great. Rush? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, some of their stuff is pretty good, yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, oh, oh my god. So, there's some really great lyrics in this song. I This is such a great fucking way to end this quatrain. And every time you speak her name, <laughs> I can't not say it that way. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, does she know how you told me you'd hold me until you died? Nice little uh, internal rhyme there. Till you died, but you're still alive. And I caught you, fucker. You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I caught you being alive. <laughs> I assumed that the last time you held me, that when you stopped, you were going to like go walk into the ocean. <laughs> but I see you. <laughs> Yeah. Here's a question about this song. Why is there so much emphasis placed on you ought to know? Like, it it seems like kind of a strange phrase to put so much emphasis on. That's true. Yeah. You you ought to know why I've and why I broke into your house and interrupted you at dinner. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Did you? (laughs) I don't think we're going to talk about this song in depth, but there is a hidden track at the end of this album. Oh, yeah. Totally. I did. I did listen to it where Alanis breaks into some dude's house and like. Uh, lays on his bed and eats his porridge and like <laughs> does all kinds of crazy like Goldilocks shit and it's kind of creepy um, I have one final thing to say about this song I kind of like that it's this interesting take on breakup feelings and in some way he's kind of denying her just feeling them where she says it's not fair to deny me of the cross I bear that you gave to me like that's kind of an interesting line I like that yeah. Yeah. Deny me of the cross I yeah. bear that you Gram- gave to me. Grammatically, it's a little bit uh, in the ever-changing world in which we live in. Uh-huh. Isn't that right, Paul? I feel lots of shame about that line. I'm sorry. What were you thinking, man? <laughs> I just love yeah. the word in. It sounds so nice. All right, uh, next song is called Perfect. <laughs> Don't forget to keep that So Alanis sings from the perspective of an emotionally abusive perfectionist parent. Um, and, uh, I think it's pretty affecting. Um, Mm -hmm. it's pretty dark and it's not 
I thought it was going to be self-pitying, but it's just really dark. Yeah. <laughs> the whole time. Um, I wonder if it has anything to do with her feeling resentment at her parents for like tr- grooming her to be a child star and trying to get her on TV and mm-hmm. record a bunch of stuff. Um, I don't know. I don't know where she's coming from, but basically the song is just, uh, you know, sometimes is never quite enough. If you're flawless, then you'll win my love. Don't forget to win first place. Um, you're my friend if you do what I command you. No, that's Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> that's a Jesus quote. Um, at the end uh, is the is the, the most gut-punching line of the whole song. We'll love you just the way you are. Line break. If you're perfect. <laughs> yeah. It's... Uh, yeah. And it's 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 kind of an interesting song because... she kind of sneaks it in where it's like oh this is just like this sort of charming lullaby ballad right but with really dark lyrics yeah it doesn't sound like it would be dark the bridge spells it out a little more explicitly and you you suspend your disbelief a little bit you know because it's not if the parents were really self-aware they wouldn't say these lyrics Mm -hmm. but anyway I'll live through you. I'll make you what I never was. If you're the best, then maybe so am I compared to him compared to her. I'm doing this for your own damn good. You'll make up for what I blew. What's the problem? Why are you crying? Yeah. So. Yeah. It's a good song. Yeah. I mean, lyrically speaking. And yeah. her her voice is really sweet in it, too. Which, yeah. Um, yeah. It's not just the writing. Like, she sings it. In a really sweet way, especially after the first two songs. First two uh, verses, you mean? Or oh no, I see what you're saying. No, yeah, yeah like the first two songs, she's you know nasty, nasty girl Alanis, <laughs> oh, white chick singer. Um, but <laughs> in this one, she yeah sounds really beautiful and tender, which is yeah, like you said, makes it really uh, really dark. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I wonder how many people like don't know what this song is about. <laughs> I can I can only imagine. Okay, <laughs> that movie came out. <laughs> uh, oh, don't remind me. Recently, yeah. Okay, next song is called "Hand in My Pocket." <laughs> that lyric's so funny. It caught me so off guard. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever heard the words high five in a song before. Interesting. Just that, that image was just like, whoa. Yeah. What, why? Why did you write that? <laughs> Where's the song going? All right. So let, let me synopsize it. It's uh, despite various difficulties or dichotomies that Alanis is facing, everything's going to be fine, fine, fine. And uh, as a side note, some of these dichotomies wouldn't be out of place in the song Ironic, where she says, I'm sad, but I'm laughing. I'm brave, but I'm chicken shit. Um, I like that line. <laughs> yeah. In anything, in, in any case, everything's going to be fine. Um, and she does things with her hands. She's, she yep. always has one hand in her pocket. And then here's a catalog of the things she does with her other hand. Giving a high five, flicking a cigarette, giving a peace sign 
playing a piano, which seems inefficient, and yeah. hailing a taxi cab. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't she do? No, that's it. I but yeah, and the thing is, I don't see how that what she does with her hands means that everything's gonna be fine, because that's the way she phrases it, like. Everything's going to be fine, 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 because I've got one hand in my pocket and the other one's giving a high five or the other yeah. various things. And maybe it's because she still has both hands and is not an amputee, <laughs> but that seems a little ableist. And I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, yeah. It seems like she's making a sort of poetic bluff. <laughs> what do you mean by that? It's just like, you know. I think this is profound. What do you think? <laughs> uh, and then I i don't know. Some of them were more meaningful than others, but I like the one hand in my pocket. The other one's giving a high five like this sort of image of um, being half invested mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, what do you being mean half invested. You don't give people high fives with both hands, high tens. <laughs> Well, it's because her hand's in her pocket. It's not like uh, swinging at her. What does your other hand do when you give a high five? I don't even know. It it, uh, it down your pants. Equal and opposite. I mean, right? Reactions, I guess. Um, yeah, this is, this is like sort of a fun. Yeah, I think this is like we're we're starting to get some glimpses of the hashtags in Alanis. Um, I feel like I'm already wearing out that bit. Um, <laughs> so that's cool. Uh, but we definitely see that crop up in this album despite how much she has the image of like an angsty 90s girl like the janine garofalo of grunge pop you know are you saying the zen because of the because of the words like everything's going to be fine 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 and what it all comes down to and the sort of like zoomed out yeah picture and it's kind of got like this this like uh what's the word I'm looking for? The music feels very like calming, soothing almost. Right. Yeah. I I am annoyed with songs like that. There were some late in the ICP's catalog that were like this that were really irritating, but this song I I kind of believe that she's actually kind of struggling and she's yeah. like having a rough time and yeah. um that her decision to decide her de- well her decision uh that everything's going to be fine 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 is sort of a little hard one i think yeah um, and that she's like trying to like you know just grit her teeth mm-hmm. and i yeah i think it's pretty good yeah I, I mean she's also she's she is struggling like on a personal level like this is around the time where she has anorexia which also comes up in another later song and dealing with like the pressures of moving to la and she i mean she doesn't know she's I'm, gonna be i'm a success. sick but i'm pretty baby is yeah. a line in this yeah. yeah yeah holy shit i didn't think about that as like, yeah, a me reference neither. to anorexia Goddamn. yeah okay uh next good song yeah 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 next song is you called done it again right through you see me as a sweet I 
bitch, where were you when she was walking? Now she run the game, got the whole world talking. Queen Alanis. Everybody <laughs> want to cut the legs off her. Alanis, white chick singer, taking no losses. What's the yams? That's, that's my synopsis oh, for this oh, song. Oh, speaking of which, speaking of which, did you hear that Kendrick Lamar won a fucking Pulitzer? I did. <laughs> so let me be the first to uh, extend our official congratulations from Think Outside the Box set to Kendrick yeah. Lamar for winning the first Pulitzer Prize in music that wasn't jazz or classical, I believe. Right. Which is a fucking amazing achievement. You know, it's... This is like, it's going to seem like a trite thing to say, but I kind of don't know why this is the first Pulitzer he's won, <laughs> or like why this is the album. I love Damn. It's such a great album, yeah. but like to to Pimp a Butterfly well, seems more like a Pulitzer album. I don't know. Is it specifically for Damn? I thought it was. Let me see. I'm going to the Pulitzer website right yeah, now. Yeah, please. Oh, it is. Yeah. Damn by Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, I think you got a kind of a point there. I, I I guess that's more of the tone. Like, to pimp a butterfly feels more like an art piece. It feels more like an elevation. Yeah, damn is just by like, you too. yeah, <laughs> damn. And 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 by contrast, damn has you two in it. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot that it does. <laughs> Which Jesus. is, it's sort of the opposite. You know, it's just yeah. like this, like pop opus and like it's coded in a very hip hop in a very pop way like Rihanna has like the one of the biggest singles in it you know yeah and uh but it's just so fucking good maybe they thought he was owed like those uh grant or not Grammys uh Oscars that are given out for like you know this wasn't you know the artist's best work necessarily but yeah right. you know, they're they're owed I'm still waiting for Macklemore to hand over his <laughs> his, his Grammy. <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. All right, yeah. uh, are you gonna are we cool gonna talk about the song even a little bit? <laughs> right, did you say cool you. haircut? Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I have to leave that bit in in our pre-show yeah. cold open now. Is this is this mine? Yeah. Okay. So Synopsize yeah, it. tell me about it. She she's she's interested in this in this dude and um they have a relationship and ultimately she feels like he didn't really take her very seriously um and then at the very end in verse three you didn't hey hello mr man you didn't think i'd come back you didn't think i'd show up with my army and this ammunition on my back now that i'm this thing now that i'm a zillionaire you scan the credits for your name and wonder why it's not there I that's the story of yeah, this song I don't think this is about a guy I think this is about music industry well it's a man music industry executive uh Mr. Man I think it's pretty explicitly about Leslie Howe isn't it oh interesting well yeah. here, here here's why I thought it was and maybe this is me being heteronormative but here's why well it says man wait a minute man and it uses male imagery a lot and in this should I say hello and, Mr. Man yeah, she says that and like uh, the this the you in the song takes a look at her ass and plays golf for a while. But then she does say, you took me out to wine, dine, 69 me, which I laughed out loud, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but didn't hear a damn word. I said, um, I guess maybe I took that a little too literally. What do you mean? That like they were having sex. 
Uh, or at least he was trying to. Yeah, maybe. Or wanted to. I mean, I think this song's a lot more interesting if it's about the music industry or about think, a yeah. about I, Leslie. I, I think it's totally about the music industry. Like, also, maybe, I keep forgetting that Leslie's a man, yeah, <laughs> and that it's a that, that's uh, a man's name. And and Nathan, that's on me. That is on you. Have you have you? Watched, I, have, I have no. I have no. Don't talk. Don't talk to me about airplane. <laughs> have you Have you watched the show Patriot yet? Uh, no. It's so fucking good. It's so fucking good. I think you'd like it a lot. I, I liked it a lot. Um, but there's a running joke where Terry O'Quinn of Lost Fame uh, says of a character named Leslie, the, the guy with the girl's name? <laughs> yeah. And the character played who plays, or the actor who plays Leslie is, uh, uh, fuck, uh, Kurtwood Smith, most famous as Red from that 70s show. Oh. And he is amazing in Patriot. Interesting. Patriot. Yeah. On okay. Amazon. Oh, I guess you I don't, don't have, have Amazon. Amazon. Ah. No. Oh, well. <laughs> Give me your login again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't wait for you to order a bunch of toys for yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah no, it's, this is totally about like the music industry and meeting with, I think maybe parts of it are about meeting with executives who don't get her. Like the first verse is, wait a minute, man, you mispronounced my name. He probably called her Alanis or Alanis or something. Uh, <laughs> you didn't wait for all the information before you turned me away. Wait a minute, sir. You kind of hurt my feelings. You see me as a sweet backloaded puppet and you've got meal ticket taste. Um, so that's probably like meeting a record executive that misunderstood right. her. But then like, I think especially that third verse seems pretty explicitly about Leslie. Howe. Yeah, you're totally right. I wasn't listening hard if enough. People forget he was the producer who basically made her first two albums and co-wrote yeah. the songs with her, I think. And then especially the lines, you scan the credits for your name and wonder why it's not there. Yeah. I didn't get this lyric at first, uh, but now reading back, it makes more sense. Your shake is like a fish. Um, mm. it, she just means like his handshake. It's oh. just like floppy and gross. I your shake is like it. a fish. You pat me on the head. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> just this like skeezy dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's Leslie. some songs about like kind of older men who are sexually exploitative a little bit. Yeah. On this album. I, I do like that, like uh now that I'm this thing, now that I'm a zillionaire, you scan the credits for your name and wonder why it's not there. It's pretty satisfying. Yeah. Although it makes me wonder, was she was she Miss Thing? I mean, I guess she was she found moderate success for her first two albums. Well, her second album kind of tanked. It sold less than half the copies of the first one, mm. which I don't think we mentioned, but it's true. Well, so why why is she saying this stuff then? Because she doesn't really get famous until after this album. Well, after it's released, yeah. Well, um, yeah. I'm not really sure. I think maybe it's aspirational She's a just forecast, forecasting. <laughs> yeah, she's a little... Well, you got it. <laughs> I was trying to make a Nostradamus, Nostralana, Nostralanus. I don't know. I tried. You can't really keep, combine. Keep, keep no, them coming. God damn it. We'll take the best one. Uh, <laughs> you're such an asshole. All right. Next song is called Forgiven, which is, I will not, I'll, you will not be forgiven.
So this is a song about Alanis coming to terms with her Catholic upbringing. Mm. Uh, she experiments with sexuality and masturbation and then confesses it to an envious priest. He seems a little mm. lecherous also as well. And at the end of the song, she kind of comes back to her faith with the lines, what I learned, I rejected, but I believe again, I will suffer the consequence of this inquisition. This is kind of a forced rhyme. If I jump in this fountain, will I be forgiven? Yeah. Yeah. Um... <laughs> She has some pretty hilarious lines about how her brothers were really cranking their hogs on the rag. (laughs) I confess my darkest Uh, deeds to an envious man. My brothers never went blind for what they did, but I may as well have. (laughs) They were really cranking their hogs, and she was... What's a what's a tasteless way to talk about female masturbation? Flicking the bean. <laughs> okay, I've heard you, I've heard you use that there. phrase before. Yes, I, I won't stop. Sh- I won't shut up about flicking the bean. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all about flicking every that bean ten, every ten minutes. I could set my watch to it. Oh God! <laughs> Setting your watch. That's another one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in the name of the father the skeptic and the son I had one more stupid question I kind of like that Yeah. I'm trying to figure out to what extent I want to participate in religion and this song uh, was timely for me Mm -hmm. so thanks thanks Alanis I was not Catholic but I have some similar feelings I wonder if she still is Catholic or has like stayed with it at all Nah, she's hashtag Zen. <laughs> hashtag Zen for life. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag Zen life. Yeah. <laughs> she's got that tattoo that says Zen life. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I really like necessarily buy her, the third verse where she says, I believe again. Yeah. I don't know if she's trying to be ironic there. Um, no, that comes later. It's a different okay. song. <laughs> If I jump in this fountain, will I be forgiven? No, you're just yeah. going to be on the TV show Friends. It seems it seems more like hypothetical. I don't know. I don't know if she actually wants to re-enter the church. Yeah, because especially at the at the very end, she has a a an alternate chorus where she said, "We all had delusions in our head. We all had our minds made up for us. We had to believe in something, so we did." That is so much better than the chorus throughout the song. It's kind yeah. of, it's like pretty bland lyrically. We all had our reasons to be there. We all had a thing or two to learn. We all needed yeah. something to cling to, so we did. Yeah. It's like, I guess. It's like kind of vague, though. Yeah. Um, I'm doing that thing again where I'm being nitpicky about the wording of the songwriting, but I do really like this album. You love those nits. <laughs> Just picking at them. It's like I'm grooming. That's, that's, that's a way of social sustenance. bonding. <laughs> it's not about sustenance. It's about social bonding. Okay, I mean, right. Gorillas do it by picking nits and like bonobos do it by uh, flicking the bean and cranking the hog. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, beans and hogs... Uh, <laughs> She's kind of, <laughs> I think she might be sort of self-consciously interacting with schoolgirl fetishes. Uh, this is a, I think this is the opening lines of the song. Yeah. You know how us Catholic girls can be. We make up for so much a time a little too late. I never forgot it, confusing as it was. No fun with no guilt feelings. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> so the sexy, kink. sexy schoolgirls. That Catholic kink. The Britney Spears. Oops. Did it again. <laughs> Oops, I was forgiven again. <laughs> oh, God. Is that the apologetics version of Britney? <laughs> Oops, I'm forgiven again. Oh. I cranked on my hog. <laughs> Got lost in the game. <laughs> oh, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, we make a lot of apologetics jokes on this podcast. I know. Don't we? Way I too know. many. All right. Well, speaking of... Why can't we let them just die? (laughs) (laughs) The band? The people? (laughs) The people. (laughs) Are we keeping Uh, them alive? Is that how that works? mm. Is it like a a Tinkerbell situation? (laughs) All right. Well, speaking of hashtag Zen life and tattoos, uh, next song is called You Learn. So this is like kind of a tired chord progression, but I think she totally sells it with her singing. Mm-hmm. Like, I love it. It's not really good. Uh, have you heard the, it's not a quote, but the the sentiment attributed to Martin Luther, um, basically love God and sin boldly. <laughs> mm, I think I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it kind of reminded me of, of, of this, of this one, but basically I think what the song is about is putting yourself out there and then being willing to and then owning what you did mm-hmm. and then getting better, which I think is a is a really powerful thing. Um, yeah. It's this song is standing outside the fire, but but makes sense and is good. Yeah. And isn't isn't dumb <laughs> and isn't dumb. Yeah. So I think it's really good. Because I think mo- I think a lot of people should uh, try to should try to make some more mistakes um, and actually confront their assumptions and their ideas. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I like this chorus: "Swallow it down. Uh, what a jagged little pill! It feels so good swimming in your stomach. Wait until the dust settles." Yeah, which um, is. Kind of a mixed metaphor, like wait until the dust settles from the Wait until the particles, wait until it disintegrates. (laughs) I don't know. That's not great, but but Jagged Little Pill is like a pretty interesting image and pretty arresting. Yeah. I I like that. It's original. It's like something I haven't heard before, you know? I like the second verse, uh, what she she does with uh, some cliches. I recommend biting off more than you can chew to anyone. I certainly do. <laughs> I recommend sticking your foot in your mouth at any time. Feel free. <laughs> like, oh, wait, not in that order though. First, you put your you stick your foot in your mouth, and then you bite off more than you can well, chew. Well, yeah. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it opens with the lines: "I recommend getting your heart trampled onto anyone. I recommend walking around naked in your living room," which it is. Uh, little bit manic pixie dream girl but is also like i don't know she kind of pulls it off i kind of enjoy the like grammatical puzzle of the sentence i recommend getting your heart trampled on to anyone Mm, really i feel like i got it i didn't have any trouble like parsing it or anything 
Well, it sounds like it's trampled on to anyone. Get your heart trampled on to uh, anyone. <laughs> like squished into their skin. Oh, my heart was trampled on you. <laughs> on to you. Yeah. Up in you. Um, yeah. Yeah, this song has some good writing. Like uh, later on in the lines, melt it down. You're going to have to eventually anyway. The fire trucks are coming up around the bend, which... yeah. Like doesn't connect all the dots for us in kind of a fun way. Like it's nice to be feel a little bit respected. Yes, <laughs> I just need a little respect for my songwriters. R S on this show, even once T R or something. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there's some good karate in this uh, <laughs> song. Do you want to play the song sample? Oh yes, I do. I do. Some karate. <laughs> Uh, that's a demo shit that's a first take shit well Cameron you you know you know the land from which zen comes is Japan and you know what else Japan has is ninjas and freaking karate everywhere hiya that's just all part of zen man uh hmm kawaii desu Oh, hi, gozaimasu. These are all descriptions of katas walking around naked in your living room. <laughs> <laughs> That's that. Take your, oh, gi, take your gi, gi off. Take your gi off ah, gi and whiz. walk around naked in your living room. Mm, I, I cook with gi sometimes. I don't know how you're going to wear <laughs> <Okay>. it. <laughs> Uh, puns. All right. Anyth- oh, oh. <laughs> One more thing I have about this song. It always makes me think of this specific Calvin and Hobbes strip. Um, I don't know if you, you're a fan of Calvin and Hobbes. Oh, uh, yeah. I read them all. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. Um, where at the end of some disaster or something, Calvin says, well, Hobbes, I guess we learned a valuable lesson from the duplicating mess. I think they invented a duplicating machine where Calvin got duplicated a bunch of times. And yeah. Hobbes says, and that is? Calvin says, and that is, um, it's that, well, okay, so we didn't learn any big lessons. Sue me. And Hobbes says, live and don't learn. That's us. And that's sort of my motto. I have it a tattoo, uh, Zen life. Yeah. Live and don't learn. Zen life. Yeah. Pretty good. All right. Next song is called Head Over Feet. You ask how my day was. You've already won. So this is a grungy love song with some kind of clever lyrics to it. Yeah. And I'm really into it. Like it it's it's a song that could very easily be fucked up like if you didn't get it just right. Like especially the way that it has clichés. The title is a cliché, Head Over Feet, and it's right. you know not a very good one. Um and it, it, she doesn't like really do a lot. She doesn't like give a spin to head over feet or like interact with it in a literal way or anything. But no. um, she is clever in other parts of the lyrics. And it's it's really sweet and feels very heartfelt. And it totally works for me. I'm way into this song. Um, this is this is the only uh, Alanis song I've heard all the way through. And it's because Becca showed it to me. Oh. She loves the song. This is a song from her childhood. Oh, very good. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. Um, Becca's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> she was on our podcast. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. In the for, uh, for friend of the show, Becca. <laughs> <laughs> in the Garf Xmas episode. Yeah. Like yeah. the the chorus lines are really sweet. You've already won me over in spite of me. And don't be alarmed if I fall head over feet. I guess she does kind of interact with that cliche a little bit. Like if somebody literally did that, you'd be kind of alarmed. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's a she, good point. She continues, don't be surprised if I love you for all that you are. I couldn't help it. It's all your fault. That's you bastard. <laughs> you asshole. You made me fall in love with you. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's like really sweet and clever. Yeah. I like that. Um, I, the general, like it's, it seems like she doesn't hold herself in very high esteem or at least thinks she's maybe a little bit too eccentric or too quirky to have a conventionally caring man. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but he is, and she's like, Oh, well, well, this is good. Okay. Uh, he treats her like a princess, which apparently consists of asking her how her day went. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of a low bar. My liege. <laughs> <laughs> I implore you to tell me how your, how your day went. Uh, yeah. Um, your, lo- your love is thick and it swallowed me whole. Yeah, that one's <laughs> the lyric. Mm. Your love is thick with two C's. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thick, uh. thick love. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of a strange thing to say. Yeah, she, she has like and- a couple of <laughs> lyrical missteps. Like she has a line where she says, you are the bearer of unconditional things, which is like, mm, it's not yeah. a great line. And it's followed up with you held your breath and the door for me. So that's like, mm, that's a little cheesy. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, but she also does get away with some kind of flat writing that I'm totally on board with later. I've never felt this healthy before. I've never wanted something rational. And she kind of like yeah. rhymes those two lines together and she kind of pulls it off, which is like pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, mu- musically is pretty interesting. Um, the verses are structured in three lines, um, groups of three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it does in, in such a way that it does not feel like it's, it feels like it's going to have a fourth line and then it doesn't. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the chorus is in a different key signature. Um, so pretty musically interesting. So that's the best musical part of it but then uh do you want to play the uh <laughs> that yep. rip and harmonica solo i do so, so before before you do uh there there's a there's a moment at the end of this solo where so harmonicas most harmonicas are diatonic meaning they just have a scale like one single scale right. but as i said before Alanis is using all these borrowed chords and using these interesting chord progressions but she tries to do a harmonica solo over these complicated chord progressions and it does not work because <laughs> she does not know how to play harmonica. <laughs> yep. So and here, anyway, it is. here it comes. <laughs> Whoa, that's bad. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, that, thanks for queuing that up. That is really awful. <laughs> that is quite the oversight. Yeah. Wow. Whoa. That is like, yeah. 
he's like he's like you know what you're you're a quirky eccentric girl and and I, and i love you and i accept all the other parts of you but that harmonica solo was bad and that was the last straw <laughs> <laughs> i'm out of here <laughs> we're over yeah all right it's all your fault it's all your yeah next song is called mary jane Still messed up, and I know why. Why, man? Yeah, because I got high. Because I got high. Because I got high. Oh, wait, sorry. No, I meant this one. (laughs) Your favorite joke. All right. (laughs) Wait, am I still getting it wrong? What about this one? (laughs) How many of these do you think I got? Uh, two more. <laughs> no, that's that's it. Okay. All right. On this <laughs> I like the way she says coaster. Yeah. Well, I think this is a good time to bring up that, hell yeah, it's 420, blaze it, weed day, gonna get zooted to the moon, <laughs> keep that kind bud, and puff, puff, pass on the left-hand side. When we're recording this, it is April 20th, where everybody gets always high, and <laughs> it's just a big party. Um, uh-huh. You don't have any any of that like wicked weed humor that you're so known for. <laughs> no, I I wish I did. Aww. I don't. All right. Well, all that to say I, that the, the title of the song is Mary Jane, and it's okay. not about drugs at all. I, I had all these Spider Man jokes ready. <laughs> <laughs> it's your synopsis, though. Mary Jane is a. She's kind of a basic girl who Alanis has pity for. So she confronts her about her general disposition and uh, where where she's headed in life. When um, you say she's a basic girl, what do you mean by that? I mean it in the in the popular vernacular sense. What? Like she's a basic a bee? Yeah. Well, I would never say that, but yes. You would never say the letter B? <laughs> never. Or call someone an insect like that? That is that is insulting. Uh, why Why do you say that? What makes you say that? What is it? Um, it, it seems like she's like... Uh, let me look through here. I sort of had the opposite impression, actually. I thought that this Mary Jane might be a bit of a Mary Sue... In that it would be a stand-in for Alanis herself, and a way to talk about oh, her anorexia and her struggles and whatnot. Yeah, maybe. Um, I guess the reason I thought it is so. This this feels like the genre of song, the subgenre of song, which is patronizing song to a woman. <laughs> That's like a yeah. whole song genre you know i i believe um, it a lot more coming from a, a woman songwriter though i i also feel that way it feels more like um <laughs> well less pat it feels matronizing <laughs> <laughs> is that a word it is now 
It's a perfectly yeah. cromulent um, word. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I kind of appreciated it a little more, but yeah, I don't, I don't really know what the song is for. You don't like you're this? the sweet, you're the sweet crusader. <laughs> Yeah, that's a line. Those, those, those Re- not- recl- reclaiming the sweetie land, <laughs> <laughs> the sweet, sweet holy land. Um, yeah, yeah th- those particular lyrics aren't great, but I really like the lyrics where she says, "What's the matter, Mary Jane? You had a hard day as you placed the don't disturb sign on the door. You lost your place in line again. What a pity! You never seem to want to dance anymore." Do you not yeah. like this song? Not particularly. Ah, I think it's like pretty sweet and affecting and definitely has at least a certain part of it that's autobiographical i I don't hate it i like it more thinking that it's autobiographical Mm -hmm. than mary sue yeah i feel like it's a little Um, bit of a counterpart to uh perfect are you referring to the pink song no the song from earlier in the album oh i was thinking i thought you meant the pink song oh I don't know what that is. I don't, I'm not familiar. We'll cover it when we, when we cover pink. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe we will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's ultimately compassionate. Yeah. I like the line, uh, well, it's full speed baby in the wrong direction. <laughs> <laughs> like that pretty well. Vroom, vroom. I, I don't, hell. I don't really like the line. Please don't censor your tears. Yeah, it's it almost works. I don't know how I don't know how I feel about this this metaphor club sandwich. Um it's a long way down on this roller coaster. The last chance streetcar went off the track and you're on it. <laughs> yeah, it sort of switches metaphors in the middle, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't hate it. This is I'm not saying it's the best song ever, but I think it's like actually pretty good. Um and like uh, again there are so many ways that this song could go bad and be so awful and she seems pretty good about sort of striking a balance and walking the fine line to actually pull off these kinds of songs and i feel like she she pulls it off pretty well um i appreciate that she says so take this moment mary jane and be selfish um I, I if this is a Mary Sue song and she's talking about herself, I like the idea that she's telling a a a younger woman, you know, to be like less um, uh, accommodating to all these jackasses in her life, right? You know, yeah. So, but I also don't like the line that follows, which is "Worry not about the cars that go by." Yeah. <laughs> So, know. you know, it's yeah, the song is good, good moments, some a fair amount of shrugs. Okay. Well, I liked it better than you did. Next song okay. is the big time one we've all been waiting for. It's, isn't it, it's ironic. It's the song that launched a thousand hacky bits. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
We've been waiting for it, and it's here. And oh fuck, even the genius annotations are pretty much all about whether or not the particular lines are irony or not. Yeah. So and now you uh, you've been waiting for our take. My take is that. Hot takes. Here's my hot take. Isn't it ironic that I don't give a single fuck about the stuff that all these people are losing their goddamn minds over, or over whether these lines are ironic or not? I think Alanis's quote here really sums it up nicely. Um, For me, the great debate on whether what I was saying in ironic was ironic wasn't a traumatic debate. I'd always embrace the fact that every once in a while, I'd be the malapropism queen. And when mm-hmm. Glenn and I were writing it, we definitely were not doggedly making sure that everything was technically ironic. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I kind of appreciate that. Yeah, um, yeah she, she's got to make some rhymes happen. And she, yeah, it's not like a, it's not a perfect concept song. And I think that's what makes people mad is that they, they want it to be a perfect concept song. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a, a weird attitude to have. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Uh, but the thing is, there isn't really much to this song other than these situations that she describes that are either are or are not ironic. She, yeah, tries, she, she ca- tries for some greater meaning in the bridge where she says, well, life has a funny way of sneaking up on you when you think everything's okay and everything's going right. And life has a funny way of helping you out when you think everything's gone wrong and everything blows up in your face. Yeah. So. And then there's like a little bit of like dun 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 at at the end where where he goes and isn't it ironic? Don't you think a little too ironic? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I really do think. <laughs> What's going on here? It really makes you think. Don't it's it? all a conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, I really do think. <laughs> yeah, so I I feel like I, I actually don't have a lot to say about this song, even though it's super famous, because I just have negative zero interest in talking about whether these things are ironic or not. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's like some funny situations she describes. Um, like it's a free ride when you've already paid. God damn it, that happens to me sometimes here in Boston on the TV. Yeah. It's like ah <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Uh, and then you just sigh and you say, I really do think. Yeah, I really do think. Yeah. Really, it is really ironic. Think. A little too ironic. Is it not? Ironic. A little too ironic. What's it hiding? <laughs> uh, if anybody wants, uh, I think there's a pretty good webcomic by The Oatmeal about irony where it talks about uh, the different definitions of irony and then spends a good portion of time talking about hey, don't be a jerk about trying to know this kind of stuff and explain it to everyone. Yeah. D- <laughs> so yeah. this is like pedantry that lots of people participate in and I just hate it. And you know what? Guess what? Language is elastic and it changes and... Uh, it's literally elastic. <laughs> God, I was going to bring that up. It's like, you are not going to win this fight. You're not going to win the literally fight. You're not going to win the ironic fight. Like, just yeah. get with it, man. Yeah. I mean, I say that and I'm also like incredibly pedantic and people's language like it can often be like nails on a chalkboard to me. So it's advice that I should take myself. You're a complicated man. I am large. I contain multitudes. <laughs> um, I'm a big boy. I'm a big, big boy. <laughs> I'm just full of it. Um, here's a question. 
Multitudes, that is. <laughs> yeah, that is multitudes. Yeah, you, you, you know what I'm talking about. Uh... <laughs> oh, man. Don't you just love going from uh, erudite Whitman references to the stupidest things we can think of? Yes. So here's a question. Do you ever listen to Bo Burnham? Uh, I've heard a couple couple songs okay. i mean he has that one about country music and it oh, and it's pandering nature right i forgot about that i want to go re-listen to that now that we yeah, did so much garth. for those of you who haven't who haven't heard our first our first season where we talk about garth brook garth, garth brook. brook just the one <laughs> no, just the one of us we don't talk about all of the garth brooks no just the one uh just you know what uh, you know what if his property that he that he bought wherever he bought it in oklahoma or whatever if he doesn't have a body of water <laughs> called the Garth Brook. I think he's he's leaving money on the table. Uh, anyway, what babbling are you Brooks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sometimes. Um. God, what was I saying? Uh, country music, Bo Burnham. Oh yeah, just go listen to that song instead of listening to season one. Mm. <laughs> it sums up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So you were saying the reason I bring him up. Is I don't know what I ultimately think about Bo Burnham. Uh, my brother he seems problematic. Sort of. I don't know. I just I just don't know. My my brother, who's also coincidentally named Cameron, uh, which is very confusing. A little too ironic. A little too ironic. <laughs> don't you think? Yeah, I really think. Um, he was really into Bo Burnham around the time this song was released, and he has a song called "Ironic." And it is pretty good. He's got some real thinker lines in there, like this one I'm going to play for you. I'm a stand-up comic and I always sit and slouch. And I got my girlfriend pregnant on my sterile uncle's pull-out couch. It's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. It, It took me a while to, like, unravel all of the ironies in that line. Uh, like the the bit about the pullout couch took me a minute. Those are just like linguistic ironies, so that's not that's not real irony. <laughs> God damn it! Uh, let's never talk about irony again. Oh, I do okay. have one question though. Okay, you know how in the UK they say figure and figures instead of figure and figures? Do they mm. also do that in Canada? Because she definitely says it figures. This is gross. Figures. I know. It's well. I like Canadian accents quite a bit. I think they're very cute, but I don't know about that. Are you you're all about Canadian accents? <laughs> uh, low hanging fruit. That's what I'm into. All right. Next Ser- song. Seriously, I'd never really like until like very recently when I went to Vancouver and I met some like up north Canadians. I was like, oh, <laughs> These accents are adorable. Yeah. Uh, the thing I'm curious about is they can't all have the same accent. I mean, like, there's no. French Canada and whatever, who, you know, they're off on their own doing whatever. Uh, but, like, the it can't be the same accent in Vancouver as there is in, like, Ottawa, right? Surely not. Yeah. Uh, listeners, write in. Canadian linguistic experts <laughs> and accentologists. All right. Next song is called Not the Doctor. For nine months, show me the vendor. Is it in hours of nine to five? And if I show up at ten past six, well, 
So this song is called Not the Doctor, but haven't you heard? Women are allowed to be the doctor now. Jody Whittaker (laughs) broke the glass TARDIS ceiling. They've made so much progress since 1995 when this album was released. And Alanis could be Alanis could be the doctor. Nowadays, anyway. She sure could. Yeah. Um, I don't have any Targus jokes. You say Targus? (laughs) Yeah. That's a luggage and office supplies company. <laughs> Tarmat jokes. Yeah. Tartar That's all I got. Jokes. This one's this one's mine, right? Yes, it's your song. Well, I don't I hope you don't mind. I, I hope you don't mind. Um Alanis explains her her conditions for a romantic relationship, mostly regarding her independence. But she kind of wraps it all up in this confusing metaphor. And I had trouble parsing it. And I was wondering if you could help me figure out what is literally going on in the chorus. Oh God, I was going to ask you. <laughs> okay, because I don't know. Like, All right, I'll read the chorus. Visiting hours are nine to five. And if I show up at ten past six, well, I already know that you'd find some way to sneak me in and oh mind the empty bottle with the holes along the bottom what is that you see it's too much to ask for and i am not the doctor see in in this chorus by itself it seems like he's the doctor yeah because she's showing up late and he's sneaking passive and he's sneaking her in but then she says i'm not the doctor well it's like well, obviously you're not the doctor because he's the doctor in this metaphor. Why are you saying that? You're saying it as if he thought that you were the doctor. Wait, and wait, then ma- it- wait. Maybe he is in the hospital. <laughs> maybe he's not the doctor. He's the patient. And that's how he's sneaking her in. And she's showing up past visiting hours and he's trying to get her to be his doctor for him. And she's like, no, that's not me. I think oh. that's what she's going for. You see, it's know. too much to ask for and I am not the doctor. Yeah, but in the in the rest of the song, she's just talking about all of the things that she doesn't want to be in order to like take care of him. Right, which is what I just said the chorus is probably about. Okay. Like he's the <laughs> this patient. Song is co- he's the this patient song is in the hospital. He's trying to sneak her in to be his doctor and she doesn't want to be his doctor. Okay. So he's got he's got problems. Yeah. And she's like um, got 99 just, problems, but Alanis be, ain't one. Yeah. Hit me. <laughs> just just because I'm here and you have problems doesn't mean that like I'm supposed to be the one that solves them. Is what she's saying. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be a bandage if the wound is not mine. That's I a like good that. line. I like that pretty well, Alanis. That's a pretty good lyric. That is a good line. Um I don't want to be adored for what I merely represent to you. That's a less metaphorical one, but Ooh, I really, really appreciate that. Yeah. And she's got some stark contrast to the weird Oedipal shit from her last album where she says, I don't want to be your babysitter. You're a very big boy now. I don't want to be your mother. I didn't carry you in my womb for nine months. Uh, and she yeah. kind of like, uh, I didn't carry you in my womb for nine months. Doesn't fit the meter at all. And she kind of like shoves it. She horns it in, but it totally works. Yeah. I'm, I'm down with that. Yeah. You're a very big boy now. You're a very big <laughs> got boy that now. thick love. Yeah, swallowed me whole. Uh, and uh, 
I think this one's pretty good. It's very Shel Silverstein. Uh, and I don't want to be your other half. I believe that one and one make two. Yeah. Pretty good. Rush pretty also good has ma- a line. Math joke similar there. like that. Yeah. <laughs> pretty good fractions joke. What's yeah. the rush line? Uh, where two halves make two holes. Holes with a W. Oh. With a, with a W. <laughs> um, yeah. So Speak- I think this line's kind of interesting too. I don't want to be God. your food oh. or the light from the fridge on your face at midnight. Hey. <laughs> That's kind of a fun line. It's like yeah. a little bit, a little bit more light, humorous. The light from the fridge on your face. Like, I think that's a pretty good. What are you hungry is, for is, is the next line after that, which is what are you like, hungry for? Really like drives it home. Uh, I really like the line. I don't want to be your idol. See, this pedestal is high and I'm afraid of heights. That's pretty good. Like that's like very humanizing <laughs> and it's yeah. just such a great take on, you know, the ways that you can romanticize people. Out, spinning all the way out of proportion of humanity and it's like no i'm actually very human i'm afraid of these heights yeah i i feel like this song is sort of so if we're talking about manic pixie dream girls mm-hmm. um apparently we are <laughs> i think this song is sort of simultaneously it's asserting independence which is yes. like the thing that men uh like to patronize manic pixie dream girls for ultimately is being independent is i think it? what or or not or not being nurturing right wait you're saying that men patronize manic pixie dream girls what, what do you mean by that men um like to talk down to like when when a man calls a woman a manic pixie dream girl or th- or ah. accuses her of being one He's saying, I think part of the issue is he's saying, like, you're too quirky to, like, take care of me in a conventionally um, mothering way. Mm, I I very rarely see people who are aware of the term and know how to, you know, know what it means, who use it as a way to insult people. So I, I don't have a lot of, like, experience really? seeing, like, men accusing women of being manic pixie dream girls. I mean, I sort of feel like it's just inherently insulting, and that's all it is. <laughs> you mean the, the term? No, I think the term is yeah. is a criticism of poorly written female characters. Oh, you mean it's, like, purely, like, a literary thing? Oh, yeah, it's, it's if you go on, like, TV mm. tropes, it was coined for the movie Elizabethtown, which, as far as I understand, is, like, a Garden State ripoff, and... Garden State is a great example of a manic pixie dream girl where right. Natalie Portman is like, <laughs> I'm so quirky, blah, blah, blah. And that's basically all there is to her character. And yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's critiquing this infantilizing way of writing female characters as sort of like flighty and quirky. And they're the ones who need to, it, it, they're still objects in the story where they they are right. the ones who are like coming in and swooping in and revitalizing the man so he's very much the protagonist and she's acting right. upon him and he needs her to swoop in and right that's that's what i understand the terms to mean is like a criticism of of sexist stuff interesting i feel like it's been i i feel like i've heard men talk about women and, and talk down to them as if they were man like as if they were just a one of these characters mm. like as if this was like 
a problem that women have. Oh shit. That is fucked up. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Okay. Just well, like when that... they co-opted the term fake news. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> indeed. Um, anyway, I like that this song, Alanis is sort of saying like, you know, I'm, I'm not really interested in a relationship where, uh, you're like super dependent on me. Um, yeah, I like that, but I feel like she's doing it out of a place of confidence and boundaries and not out of a place of like, cause I'm too crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> or something. Yeah, yeah. So as a side note, I hope our female listeners appreciate how I just mansplained the term manic pixie dream girl. Well, you, you explained it to me. <laughs> mansplained it man to man. Let's 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 yeah. talk man to man. Let's explain. Well, it's man the to man. it's the only way that men know how to talk to each other. Basically, <laughs> is to mansplain. He's <laughs> already got a point. We, we 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 may not be the, uh, the 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 system victims of it, but we still have to suffer it in our own special way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. not having meaningful friendships. Yeah. <laughs> where we talk about our and feelings. emotional repression. <laughs> yep. Gotta love that. Uh, but but bacon we'll t- we'll we'll only take it out on you <laughs> at the end of the day but we still have to feel that pain <laughs> uh, speaking of problematic um well too close to home <laughs> yeah. yeah let's just do you want to go on the next song let's go on the next yeah song. let's go on it's the last one it's called wake up grab your brush put on a little makeup <laughs> Why did you leave the keys on the table? <laughs> Why you did you to. leave your keys upon the table? <laughs> you wanted to. Have you heard the uh, Richard Cheese version of that song? Yes. It's so good. <laughs> I don't think you trust in my self-righteous suicide. I cry when angels deserve to die. Can't uh, wake up. Wake me up. Wake Save me up inside. <laughs> oh shit! This is my synopsis. This one is you. Okay, so this is basically a remixed jumble of pieces from all the other songs on this album. We get some ironic situations. You like snow, but only if it's warm. You like rain, but only if it's dry. No, that's wah, wah. Nathan. That's just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's ironic. Right? Yeah. A little, uh, a little too ironic. Uh, makes you think. Really makes you think. Yeah, I don't really think. Um, the overall thrust of the song, though, is that she's reclaiming subjecthood and power from an exploitative person, probably a male person. And so yeah. it's, it's basically another one of those songs where we've, we've heard a lot of songs where she's kind of asserting her personhood and her independence. And yeah, I appreciate that. I don't think this is the best version of that. Um, but there are some, there are some good lines here. Uh, there's an apprehensive naked little trembling boy with his head in his hands. And there's an underestimated and impatient little girl raising her hand like in class. Yep. Like, you know, how we were just referring to like patriarchy is shitty for boys and girls. And it's maybe not like equally (laughs) shitty for both of them, but it is shitty for both of them. 
this I don't know if this is a stretch, but this almost feels like a companion piece to the Garth Brooks song You Move Me. Hmm. Or something. Like if it does feel like she's speaking to someone like she's planning on staying with this person, I think. Mm-hmm. She's like she don't want no scrubs, but she's giving this one a chance. Mm-hmm. Um but she does want him to like get his act together. Um but Okay, so now I'm now I'm equating being like like laziness with like mental illness, and that, it's not what I'm trying to do. Um, but I but I all, <laughs> all but I also can't tell if is. they just need to pull themselves up okay. by their own bootstraps. <laughs> well, that's that's what I'm saying is like what you know. It seems like this guy is he is he being abusive or neglecting or is he just. Is he actually in a funk? Like, what's going on here? It seems like it's a nuanced relationship, and she's, like, engaging with him and planning on sticking around. Mm-hmm. Is the point I'm trying to make, whether it's his fault or whether he has, like, le- quote-unquote legitimate struggles, you know, um, whatever's going on, she's there, and she's confronting him about it in a yeah. way that she's demanding respect, but not demanding respect by, like, pushing him away. And yeah, not- Interesting. Yeah, I think it's cool. Yeah, she's got lines like, no fundamental excuse for the granted I'm taken for. Now that... <laughs> you don't like that? I feel like she kind of pulls it off. Like, I don't know about that one, man. <laughs> I feel like I'm that's, a little bit on board with that, at least. I, I cannot believe you're on board with that. Oh, no, I feel like she kind of like uh, pulls it off the way she delivers it. All right. I can't believe you're being harder on lyrics than I am throughout this episode. She says for the granted I'm taken for. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, I mean, it, because the first four is, is for the, the fundamental excuse. excuse. Yeah, yeah. 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 For the granted that I'm taken. Now, here are some lyrics where I don't know if I'm on board with these because she we got a multisyllable watch in effect 2018 there's an obvious attraction to the path of least resistance in your life there's an obvious aversion no amount of my insistence could make you try tonight yeah at least it all makes sense yeah at least it all makes sense like it's not weird symbols popping up out of nowhere for things that aren't symbols yeah that symbolize what does that symbolize You tell me. What are you doing here? <laughs> I'm just a kid. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just a Someone explain kid, this shit to me. Little old me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, enough already. Get up. Uh, wake me up inside. Yeah. And then, uh, I don't know. Do you have anything else to say about this song? I think I'm pretty much done talking about it. No, nah, well done. All yeah. done. Then this album ends with a remix of You Oughta Know, which is not as good as the original. Nope. Nope. Uh, and then there's that acapella bonus track we talked about earlier that I don't think is really worth talking about in depth. Nah. So that's the end. Thanks for listening, that's everyone. This is, this is a long time coming. Thanks for, thanks for swallowing pill. our jagged little pill. What did you learn? <laughs> that's a little too ironic yeah I didn't bother looking up anything from the Amazon or you know we talked about some of the stupid genius annotations I didn't look through the song meanings or anything like that I don't know I like I I feel a little bit lukewarm about those uh, bits so 
if if people are actually like legitimately into them and enjoy them, write in and let me know because hey, otherwise here, I might just drop them. Here's here's an idea. Yeah. Um, email at boxset.website, right? That's our email address. That's our email address, yeah. Or is also still electronic underscore mail at boxset.website. That also works, yeah. <laughs> okay. So either of those, go check out our go check out Alanis's next album. Look at some some genius annotations look at some uh uh song meanies and if you see something that you like you can submit it to us Ooh, and we'll take a look at it like a this yahoo the, like a yahoo answer okay i like this yeah. yeah submit submit uh funny reviews from amazon or yeah. annotations or song meanings comments submit them to us and we'll read them on the air for the next album yeah we'll give you ones. a little shout out yeah. yeah great great idea i like that all right, so if you want to do that, you can. There's a contact form at our website at boxset.website. That's a good place to visit us if you want to see our online presence. You can also email us at email boxset.website, as Cameron mentioned. You can tweet us at TopeBS Podcast. And then uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, review on iTunes, blah, blah, blah. Uh, listen to Cameron's other podcasts if you can stomach it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and until next week with supposed former infatuation junkie is that did i get all those words right i don't know i don't know something something junkie i've been nathan hunt and i'm cranking my hog on the rag <laughs> and i'm cameron duet and i'm speaking of hogs and beans <laughs> Sounds like a children's book of hogs and beans. <laughs> oh, when one speaks of hogs and beans, one must listen. <laughs> yeah, uh, I really do think. Yeah. yeah. I really, really do think. <laughs> don't I? <laughs> don't, don't I? Um, we didn't, we didn't talk about the line, um, in all I really want, uh, the the fellatio line. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like pretty noteworthy. That's I think. true. That's a good point, okay. and I think it's uh, it's oh, it's talked about in every. No, no, that's in you ought to know, yeah, isn't it? You're right. You're right. It is you ought to know. Yeah. It's talked about in every like review or like paragraph I've read talking about the song, and I think it was shocking to hear on the radio in 1995. Do you want to read it for us? Yeah. I'll, I'll just do the whole, the whole, read the whole song real quick. Yeah. I want you to know that I am happy for you. Hello, it's me. Okay. I wish nothing but the best for you both. That's another interesting, <laughs> wish nothing but the best for you. There's a lot of, uh, what's her name in this? Adele, Adele Dezim. Uh, <laughs> um, an older version of me. Is she perverted like me? Would she go down on you in a theater? Does she speak eloquently? <laughs> Would she have your baby? I'm sure she would make a really excellent mother. Yeah. So that's pretty, pretty, uh, what's the word? Stark. Pretty, pretty shocking for, I think, a lot of people to hear. I think, I think it's shocking. <laughs> I think it's shocking that Alanis at this point in her life thinks that making babies is going down on someone in a the theater. 
<laughs> that's what it takes. Uh, no, no. She, so you're watching a quiet place. Uh, a quiet place. <laughs> no, 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 no. That that part is the speak eloquently. That's what she. she okay. That's the part that's going down on you in a theater. It's very eloquent. And then always she, use she protection says, with dumb jokes. Would she have your baby? Um, and actually, the genius says that there are some rumors saying that this is, if indeed this song is about Dave Coulier, that one of the reasons they broke up is that he wanted her to have babies because he was in his 30s and she was like 19 or 20. Ah. Uh, which is a fucked up thing to like try to force someone that young to just be like, yeah, we gotta have babies if we're gonna stick together. Yeah. Man. Dave Coulier, indeed. <laughs> Cut it out. Dave Cruley. Yay. <laughs> yeah, that makes no sense. Nope. 